I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, and I'm JT Timmons. And today we are live streaming this episode as we are recording it um, for the para junkies and whatnot. Uh, we do this pretty much every Sunday um, for the most part. And if you want to watch us live stream our episodes. Uh, you should definitely become a para junkie over on Patreon. We just got done doing the Estes method in our space, uh, which was quite interesting with so all it was the intriguing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so with all the entities that are trying so hard to come through. So uh, definitely, if you want to watch more of that type of content, para junkie, uh, you know, Patreon is like the place to be. But um, yeah. So also, before we get into the episode, we did set up the REM pod over in the back demon house room, uh, just (laughs) because we were getting a lot of like, you know, uh, little bits of information that there might be some stuff going on in there. Just, you know, just see what happens. happens. So if you hear beeping, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, so we are going to jump on into our ghost mail episode of the week. All righty, let me go ahead over to it. All right. If we are ready to start, let's yep. go for it. All right. Uh, the first ghost mail comes from Dolce Gamboa. It is called... I am haunted, or titled, I am haunted. Pleasant. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to start. Yeah. Dolce says, we'll jump right into it. We'll start with my first memory, and when I mean first, I mean my first memory ever. My parents bought a house in Winton, California, and seemed like it seemed like a normal house. I could have been anywhere from one to three years old. It's a little hazy, but all I remember was that I was in my crib. My crib was in my parents' room, two feet across at the end of their bed. One night, I woke up and stood up to peer out to see my parents sleeping. I knew it was very late because of how dark the room was, but there was enough light that I could see the outline of things in my room. When all of a sudden, I felt the back of my hair stand up and I was frozen and unable to move. I felt as if someone uh, was right next to me breathing down my neck and they were not my parents because I I could still see their outlines. The room became darker and the black mass that was in the room kept growing. I felt like it wanted to harm me. I was petrified. I couldn't cry, grunt, or let alone move. I stood there clasping hard onto the bars on my crib, hoping and wishing my parents would wake up, just staring at them in fear. I could have been standing anywhere from 10 minutes to maybe hours. It felt so long. That feeling of dread and despair didn't leave me for many years. I felt as if the entity sucked out my life energy because after that, I was scared of everything. I followed my mom everywhere. I would hold on to her legs and cry if she left me alone. There was also instances where my mom would be cleaning and she'd have to leave the room to grab something quickly and I'd stand there in the room by myself and I would see a huge ball of red light just follow me around. At one point, I got so used to it, I remember I started playing with it. You know, when you are walking in the hallway and someone is walking towards you and both of you are in each other's way and you move over and the other person does the same and you're just stuck there trying to get out of each other's way like that. I thought it was a game. Thinking about it as an adult, I didn't realize that it could have been the same entity from that awful night. I stopped eating and playing altogether. My mom was concerned in my change of behavior, so she took me to the doctor. At that time, my dad had started a new position at his construction job in the Bay Area, so he would leave during the week and stay with my aunt and would return on the weekends. 
The doctor asked my mom a bajillion questions about my living conditions and habits and told my mom that I most likely missed my dad. I'm so glad that that he did because we moved shortly after to a new house in San Jose, California, and they rented out the old house. Since then, I only went back two times. I'm 31, so it goes to show how much I hate that house. My sister also has a creepy doll in that same house, but it was in her dreams. And each time she would dream that a doll that we played with had a knife behind her back and each night the doll would get closer and closer until one night she woke up to the doll at the end of her bed staring straight at her oh god dolls i'm also a huge chicken so my sister didn't tell me about the story till i became a teenager so yes dolls scare the heej uh heebie-jeebies the heebie-jeebies heebie-jeebies they said hajibies hajibis out of me i have so many other encounters and a follow-up on the entity but i'm short on time today and would love to write more short ghost stories in the future i have a hat man story a doppelganger story Uh and everything in between our tiktok would love you literally (laughs) (laughs) thank you all so much i'm such a huge fan because of your show i have been more comfortable with who i am crap that's sweet <laughs> i used to become self-conscious when i would sense things and tell my friends because uh because 10 out of 10 i would tell them i would feel energies in their homes and they would freak out on how accurate i was as a teenager in the 2000s it was hard to fit in but as an adult in the 20s lmao i feel so seen and heard and now people ask me advice when they feel there's a change in energy in their lives anyway stay spooky y'all love dolce maria Nice. That's so sweet. Wonderful. Yeah, I know. It's so tricky when you have that type of ability um, to disclose it to people. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I feel you. I uh, This podcast is the most recent uh, or probably the most I've ever talked about my abilities in my entire life. Because, you know, most people don't want to hear about how you can see or feel dead things. Um, so, you know, it's a it's a good... Um, yeah, yeah, you usually go through a vetting Right. process of friendship like you know how close can i get to a person before i reveal this aspect exactly. of, of who i am yeah so, um so yeah you know uh, safe space here yes <laughs> absolutely um and 100 percent, i feel like there was some kind of entity that was attracted to you as a child um because we talk about that often where children are um you know the most vulnerable to especially dark entities because they're so open and they're so bright um their energy is so bright and so it's very possible because you have that sensitivity that something else might have you know picked up on it and was like i want that you know and um so it's very possible that it was the same entity you experienced in your first memory that you were still seeing throughout your childhood in that home. Um, as for the fear of being away from your parents, I totally understand that. Um, when I was a kid, I I think I've told the parajunkies this at least, but when I was a kid, I was horrified of everything because of my ability to see spirits. I had a very uh, early sense of mortality And, um, you know, so ghosts freaked me out. And I can remember my parents always saying that people couldn't walk into our house without, um, you know, walking in with my parents. Like my mom's best friend, she would come over and my parents would be like, okay, you can come over, but don't let Madison see you because she will freak out. (laughs) And it was true. And I knew her too. And I would literally, if my parents weren't there, I would have a panic attack. And I think it was because I was seeing entities my whole life up until that point, walk into my room and I'm like, who are you? And then, you know, um, and it's very possible that that might've been the same situation you were in. Because our parents are our safety net, our, sure. our safety blankets, you know. So if they're not there, we're like, well, who's going to protect me against the scary thing? Well, it's that faith question, you know. Exactly. You have faith in your parents protecting you, and when they're gone, what's going to protect you? Absolutely. Exactly. So, you know, don't feel crazy in that regard, because I'm right there with you. But. And uh, here's an interesting thing. Uh, when I was a young child, I had reoccurring nightmares of a porcelain-faced doll with a knife that would hunt me. 
Huh. Uh, and um, and the dreams were always the same. They were, I the dream would be I'd wake up and I'd just be going about my business and I wouldn't notice that there was this porcelain face doll. And it was like a clown, like a Harlequin um, with this porcelain face. And it was a small rag, it, the body was like a rag doll body. Oh. And, uh, and I don't know where I'd ever seen it before. In fact, I remember being afraid of it without knowing what it was. Like I... I was not unable to yeah. categorize it, and it wasn't until I actually saw a person in, like, the Italian carnival, uh, dressed in, in similarly like a like a clown, and I was like, "Oh, that that's that's the doll that that it had I a see rag doll dreams. body. It had like kind of like a rag doll body. Yeah. See, I always I like if you think about the most haunted dolls in the world, they're all rag doll. They're all ragdoll, literally. All I mean, think soft. about the think about the the Annabelle. Uh, Annabelle yeah. Make mind Annabelle, and then think about um um Robert the doll. Robert. Thank you. Well, Robert the doll is <laughs> she finishes my sentences. <laughs> Robert the doll is more like the classic kind of doll, but I believe you're right that he is kind of soft he's a little raggedy, a little well, soft and squishy. This doll uh, um, doesn't have a body; it's just clothes. Oh, you know, it's it's yeah, and it's silk. It was a, a little silken oh, body yes. with a porcelain mean. head. Oy. And uh, yeah, yeah, I used to have that nightmare right up into my 20s. Wow. I would have nightmares uh, uh, occasionally of this little doll stabbing me to death. Yeah. Is that when, when you turn around in it here? When you turn around, is, actually, that what you, is that what you... Yeah, what I imagine what is, you is, imagine is, 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 right is there. coming up. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's weird because it, it kind of just became this sort of back burner thing you know I, I it it because because i had no experience with the doll like i it wasn't a doll that i could say oh i remember when i saw that in this yeah. house or i remember seeing that because wherever i first saw this doll or or, mm -hmm. or it entered into my subconscious never solidified for me so it was just something that my brain said oh isn't this scary i was like yes you're right yeah. that was very scary absolutely so I wonder what your um, your siblings uh, doll looked like. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating because I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah, spooky doll with a knife. I, I'm doll. there. I'm right there. I'm on it. Yes, dolls are just awful in general. Y'all know how I feel about that. Um, you know, keep your haunted dolls away. Um, that is fair. You know, <laughs> I checked in on one of Kalani's live streams just because every once in a while I like to, you know, see how a pro does see it. See what he's kissing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so um, and I checked it and I swear in every single, he's so funny in every single shot when he was doing like, I think the Bell Mansion or something, uh, there was like a rocking chair and a doll in it in every shot. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're such a goober. That could be the I love it. That could be the house though. I know. The Andrew Lowe house has that room full of dolls for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. And not because they were ever owned by any of the low children, but because they're yeah, like, like eh, it's a kids put them, fill it with dolls, creepy, creepy just, dolls. My point yes. is, I love, I love how Kalani probably saw that doll. I was like, oh, that's going in the shot. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's cool, man. All righty, here we go. Moving on, moving on. Thank you, Dolce. Uh, all right, this one is from a uh, one of our writers, really, uh, Ryan. Okay. Oh, yep, 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 yep. All right, here we go. Grandma saying goodbye. Mm. Yes. Hey, Chris, Madison, and JT. I have plenty of ghost stories that I will for sure send in for y'all to read on the podcast. So this ghost story, again, was in Bakersfield, California, and was at my grandma and grandpa's house. Backstory is my grandma passed when I was nine years old. She had cancer and decided she wanted to go home and pass at home instead of in the hospital. My cousins lived in the house next door. So about two weeks after she passed, my sisters and I went to my grandpa's house and was spending time there with my cousins. My sisters and cousins decided to go to my cousin's house next door and I told them I'd be over in a minute because I needed to go to the bathroom. My grandma and grandpa had separate rooms and my grandma's room was across the hall to the right of the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom, and when I open the door, I'm face-to-face -face with my grandma. She's standing in her doorway of her room, and I'm confused because I know she's passed away, but there she was standing right in front of me. She didn't say anything to me and didn't move, but I was scared because I didn't know she had passed. Uh, hold on. I did know she had passed, and she shouldn't have been there. 
I ran out of the house as quickly as I could. I haven't seen her like that again, but she does visit my dreams every now and again. A little extra story. My grandma had a dog named Lady, and her nails were so long that she, uh, that they would click clack on the tile floor. And after she passed, us kids would always hear her click clacking through the kitchen and it was only when the kids were in the house i think she was watching over us thanks y'all for giving me a place to talk about all of this i don't share most of the things i've been through ghost wise because people look at me like i'm a nutcase (laughs) y'all are awesome and i just love listening to the podcast thanks ryan wonderful well you know uh, we say it all the time that you know Love is a much stronger connection uh, than anything else. Most ghost stories are not bloody and scary and full of right. you know turmoil and, and horror. They're usually uh, loved ones reaching out or mm-hmm. loved ones being present for you and, and coming to you, oftentimes in dreams, you know, uh, checking in on you, making sure that you know everything's all right because you have connection because that is uh, the most significant human interaction and relationship. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, like, especially around the time of death, you know, it makes it so that, you know, the paranormal are extra relevant. Um, It's also very common for people who are about to pass to see their loved ones coming to welcome them into the afterlife. Um, You know, there's been plenty of stories of people in hospice who will start talking about their uh, husband or their daughter or whoever you know and they're like oh they came to visit and it's like nobody's in here and they're dead um but because it was so close to the time of her passing it could have very likely just been the moment of her kind of moving on and you were just there to witness it um which is sweet it is sweet but it also is really freaky when you know oh, somebody sure. just right. died yeah. um you know it doesn't make it less freaky right so you're valid in your feelings of seeing her in the doorway and you're like you're not supposed to be there that's creepy um and also elderly people when they're ghosts are often very creepy in general <laughs> um you know but uh it's it's more than likely just you were just happened to be present for that moment yeah cool cool all right thank you ryan another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the next one actually comes from someone that you and I know, Madison, George Cassell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Our, uh, so George, is, um, he is our sound guy. Um, he's one of our sound guys, um, and uh, he does location sound. He's he's very talented. All right, this is titled "Something May Have Followed Us Home." Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it's George, your friendly neighborhood sound guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just wanted to let y'all know about this encounter. My wife and I had Friday morning, uh, March seventeenth, twenty three. Well, this is recent. Okay, this might have been yesterday. When- that right. was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's when, he, that's when he sent it in. Yeah. Uh, when I got off work around 420-ish a.m. I got home. Uh, I get home while it is still dark out. That comes from working the graveyard shifts. Each morning when I get home, I grab a flashlight and take our dog uh, for a little walk around the yard to go to the bathroom before we lock up for the night. I should mention we live on a farm with our, uh, with her grandparents on an older piece of land surrounded by trees. And they're in Texas now, right? Uh, Georgia. Georgia, okay. And we're uh, literally the next sentence. We are located in a small town in Georgia called Cordial. Cordial. Um, Is that how you say it? Cordial. Cordial? Yeah, Yeah. okay. I've never even heard of that. And I don't know, this must be a Southern thing. You just know how to say Cordial. (laughs) Cordial. Just off off the top. All right. Um, About three hours west of Savannah. Everything was normal. Except my cat was going a little crazy, as they do, because my wife and I both stepped outside this time. 
While I was fixing my dog's food and water, he started acting a little weird and licking my leg gently. He has never done anything like that to me before. While I was dealing with him, my wife was standing by the door and heard something drop out of a tree, break a few tree branches, and kick some foliage around off in the distance. She said it, uh, she said it then started walking towards our house. Mm. She didn't tell me any of this until she shoved me inside, slammed the door shut, and locked it. As I stepped out of the dog's area, um, after, uh, as I stepped out of the dog's area, my hearing went silent like I couldn't hear anything at all. The tarp I was standing next to was dead silent. My steps were quiet and everything. Truthfully, the silent part has happened to me many times uh, since living out in the country here, but never as intense as this morning. My wife told me it was it happened to her a few times as well. The hearing loss part. Weird. Whoa, that's super that's, weird. That's strange. Yeah. Wow. It's gonna make it hard to be a sound guy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh god. No, but no. Seriously, that's woof. Um, I should mention that I didn't hear the creature at all. And thinking about timing, as I lost my hearing, she heard the creature hit the ground. We think something followed us home last March when uh, he went up to the mountains. When we went up to the mountains. We were staying in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains. Of course you were. I guess this is just our life being out here in the country. We love you guys. George and Dragon. P.S. If y'all have any questions about it, hit me up, and I may even be able to give y'all answers in real time of y'all's recording. Nice. There you go. Very cool. Yeah, no, that's freaky. Um, it makes me worried yeah. for George. I know, right? <laughs> um, well, you know, it's interesting, because I don't know if you necessarily picked up something from Appalachia. You definitely could have. Certainly. But just because you're out in the country, it makes me feel like rural it, areas are right. going to have more uh, of the strange, like um, entities that can't survive urban. You know, right. <laughs> they're, they're driven out by the constant electric light. They're driven out by you know the constant uh, hubbub and movement, uh, and the fact that you are in the dead of night walking around up and about that makes you a target. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it freaks me out a little bit for you. Um, you know, just the fact that you're getting your hearing like. So, yeah, you know, I've heard that before um, because that is uh, it's it's like a pressure change. It's like um, when your your ears pop, you know, uh, at an elevation change. It's it's when entities uh, of a certain nature come by, it changes the pressure all around the area and it causes all kinds of uh, disorientations like that um, but it is especially scary to think that if it's something that's hunting you and capable of of taking away one of your senses yeah the sense that you know you hear it coming up on you and it's gone you know that's an interesting you know uh, if you wanted to uh, categorize this in 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 just good storytelling, that's a pretty handy tool for a an, a, a creature of prey. Yeah. to have is to take away, uh, to take away a sense, um, and sound being one of the senses that are very keen to protection in those instances, especially at night, especially when it's dark. You know, you're already diminished sight. You lose your hearing too. You know, um, so it does sound like a dangerous type entity. Um, one worthy of investigation of, you know, are there stories of the area? You know, what did the uh, indigenous yeah. people have to say about, you yeah. know, uh, the area and what kinds of things they might run into? That's so, what I was going to say, um, Chris. It's like, like, what's the history of that, that area? Yeah, what's absolutely. the history of that land? And yeah, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating because a lot of these things are closed loops. You know, you're not really going to get a lot of information, but uh, you might. And it does fall into a kind of... Um, common cryptid story of 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 the slow advancing creature that you know yeah. that 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 lives just on the outskirts of your property, you know something that's you know right at the tree line, something that's you know, uh, and and the scary thing is that it's advancing rather than drawing you out because that's that's the usual game. It's you know making noises, calling your name, you know, out in the woods and, and you're, you're yeah, compelled to yeah. go out to it. Um, but the fact that it 
hit the ground and started walking towards you. And it broke branches. Yeah. So did it fall? Not necessarily. I mean, if it... It it may have moved. It might have jumped. You know, the the whole sound might have been it, you know, taking off, pushing off of the tree limbs or something. Or a really clumsy cryptid. Could be a a clumsy cryptid. (laughs) It was just recovering. Oh, no, I'm coming for you. I didn't just fall out of a tree like an idiot. Yeah. That's freaky, though. I, I really like the idea of, you know, some like a an entity as it approaches kind of like having so much energy that it puts pressure on your eardrums. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's that that does sound like something that is, uh, you know, like a hunter. Right. Like, well, to take I'm- away a sense like that. Well, I mean, like, it's not uncommon for a lot of entities. So, like, me personally, I'm sure other people have this occurrence, too. But when spirits are trying to communicate, I get a ringing in my ear. And each ear means a different thing. So, like, spirit guides are one ear. And then, like, other random entities are the other ear. But usually they're not trying to take away my hearing. So that tells me it more could lean on the side of uh, yeah no it's that, that, no that's, good. That's, that's a good scary story and yes. and, and worth more conversation absolutely oh, yeah. yeah you know um and maybe um some security cameras yes uh, <laughs> maybe get some security cameras yeah, some out there hunting yeah. cameras uh, or yeah. things oh like a hunting that. cameras yeah. And yeah. Stuff, yeah 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 that's that's you know what it reminded me of immediately is um y'all know bloodhook you think you watch Bloodhook with me? I think I Maybe. forced you to watch Bloodhook. That sounds like something <laughs> you'd want to watch. <laughs> Bloodhook? Okay. Bloodhook is a is a um it's a movie. Uh it's like an eighties horror slasher mm-hmm. where um there is a serial killer out there where Whenever there's the cicadas that scream, oh, yeah. it since it, it triggers a um, like a like a sound field that makes the person go insane and like kill people. And so something that I thought about just like you know is the op- not the opposite of that, but something that's different. Maybe maybe it's the cicadas being like you know at a high uh, at a high. Sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, because the the classic cicada stories, they they like sleep for seventeen years or eleven uh-huh. years or however. There there there's a sickle. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. sickler. So you know it, that that's the perfect like supernatural story is mm-hmm. when the cicadas scream, they're actually waking something up. Right. Yeah. And Ooh, the thing yeah. comes out, Ooh. and then you know it, it and it kills for the year. Jeeper creeper. The, it, it, yes. Yeah, very. Exactly. He's a jeeper creeper. Yeah. Jeeper creeper. Beware the man with hooks. Yeah. yeah. All right. The final destination? Yeah. Okay. I was waiting for that. Well, I just didn't it's know. I didn't know what. It's a joke. It's yeah, a no, joke. It's a Jeepers. joke, man. It's a joke. It was Jeepers Creepers, and now it's final destination. No, no, because you were talking about blood hooks. So oh, I was like, blood hooks. oh, wow. She's really looping it all together, aren't you, yes. baby? Oh, my gosh. All righty. Wow, <laughs> Moving on to the next enough. one. Uh, I was there. I was with you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. George, if you uh, if you find yourself needing help, let us know. We'll come get you. Yeah, well, yeah you we'll, and your wife and your, and your pets. All right, here we go. This one is from Katie Ebbett. All right, and it's called Ghost Mail. Nice. Ghost Mail. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hey, guys. I have two different ghost stories. A little backstory as to where my parents' house is. There's a battlefield close to where my parents lived at the time. The battlefield is called Balls Bluff in Leesburg, Virginia. Anyway, here's the first one. Uh, Anyway, here is the first one was about six of or I think she means or uh, or seven years ago I was still living with my parents then and I was alone in the house that night I was watching tv in the family room I remember hearing someone marching in the dining room and my dog was standing in there not doing anything just looking at the wall that same night I also remember seeing a figure in a uniform and he was marching around in the basement Mm. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Uh, The second one was a couple of years after that in a different house, this time in Ashburn, Virginia, which is about 10 to 15 minutes away from my parents' old house. This time, I was at my parents' house with my son and my husband. I was asleep in my parents' room, and my husband was asleep downstairs. I remember feeling a hand on my back and waking up terrified. 
I was the only one in my parents' house. I didn't see anything, though. After that, I went downstairs to uh, to see if my husband was awake and told him about what happened. And he was like, okay, well, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Fair enough. <Yeah. laughs> I told him to come upstairs and check to see if anyone was there. After that, I went to turn the TV on and tried to go back to sleep. Wondering what y'all think about this. By the way, you guys are awesome. Sincerely, Katie. Thanks, Katie. That's very sweet. You know, it's not uncommon if you're living near a battlefield that you see soldiers. Um, It's kind of one of the most common tropes, I find. Oh, absolutely. Especially marching. They're, you know, maintaining the order that they kept in their life. You know, know, um, and it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that it could be intelligent but from what that sounds like is that you're experiencing the residual hauntings of the presence of those um men you know uh a lot of times we see the same thing even here in savannah over at the spring hill redow where the siege of savannah occurred lots of people have reported seeing Uh, fort jackson oh yeah that's that's one they'll see whole regiments you know um and it's not necessarily that they're you know, particularly up to anything. It's just you're seeing those moments kind of reliving and playing in a loop. And so what that tells me is more than likely your parents' house was built in an area maybe where a camp was or, you know, uh, where they might have had um, patrols set up and that's why you're seeing the marching. And the land could have been at a different elevation, which might be why you were seeing it in the basement. So, you know. Um, but that's just kind of my take on it. Uh, but soldier spirits are so common. And a, a lot of times when you're fighting, it leaves mm-hmm. behind so much energy and it makes sense why we see them so often. Well, yeah. And when you take into account that the, the most common soldier ghosts that you, you hear about are the, the drilling ghosts, the marching ghosts, um, which suggests that it is residual, that it is about the, the, the practice that they consistently did, that they did over and over again. It was a, an activity, and it was what they did right before they died. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And that kind of creates the notion that really what you're doing is you've, you've got a lot of that anxiety and a lot of that uh, you know, um, uh, emotional content that's going on. And you know, a lot of people would say that military dress and, and, and drills and things like that are to create a, an offset of the chaos of battle. Mm-hmm. The reason why they march in lines and rows and things like that gives a, an order to something that's going to be very chaotic. Uh, by regimenting behavior, you're hoping to mitigate the loss of, of sensibility during yeah. that chaotic moment. So that's kind of that drilling notion that you're drilling into people that it's like, keep, you know, keep, keep stiff, uh, step together, walk together, do all this stuff together so that when it does go all mad and crazy, you have this sort of discipline about how you, how you've been conducting your life that, you know, up to that point. So, um, yeah, Residual haunting and, go, uh, and and soldiers go hand in hand. Um, usually, if they're not screaming or in battle or you know yeah. Yeah. anything like that, people tend like I think Gettysburg is very famous for uh, just off of the field. You can see you know specters marching by. Sure, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, I think you know the marching. Maybe that's the soldier looking for a marching partner like 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 what the soldier one time knew you know uh, uh it would be uh, he would be in a group with a bunch of other soldiers marching with him maybe that's him kind of lost and it's like who's who's i need to find another soldier to right. march with me you falling know, or, into the the pattern yeah, of behavior yeah, absolutely that, you know, yeah I, I just finished uh band of brothers like you know like 20 minutes 20 years you know too late but uh incredible series and one thing that really like stood out to me was in one of the episodes um, at, towards the end when we absolutely you know uh, destroyed Germany, um, the 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 Nazis were walking um, past them in defeat, but they were marching. They were marching. They were marching, yeah, even so though we just obliterated them. Um, you know, they were marching the opposite way, and they they mentioned that. You know, the American soldiers like God, you know they're still marching like. Mm. 
like what nerve you right. know they have but yeah i just thought that was like you know the soldiers march is the, telling you yeah it's right. the it's the thing that's like just can keep them uniform even in the chaos yeah 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 gettysburg is an excellent example of you know soldier residual spirits i actually have an interesting story about that that you just pulled out of my brain with Gettysburg. <laughs> um, when I was in eighth grade, we went to uh, Gettysburg. Well, we went all over that area to multiple places on like a history trip or whatever. And uh, we were staying in Gettysburg at a hotel that if you looked out of our my hotel room, it was right over the cemetery. <laughs> and um, I, of course, you know, being the little freak that I am, in the middle of the night, I got up because I wanted to see if anything spooky was happening out in the cemetery. And when I looked out, I just saw a whole, like, line of soldiers standing in that cemetery. I, I know. And so, and I was like, and I like shook my roommate awake and I was like, come look at the ghosts. There's ghosts or like maybe, you know, like hopefully I'm not just like seeing some like LARPing or something, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I I go over there. I'm like, look at the, the soldiers. And she's like, there's nothing there. And so, um, yeah. So if you're ever in Gettysburg, I don't know what hotel this was. I'm pretty sure it was like a Springfield or something, you know, or um, like one of those kind of like chain, like mid-tier hotels, but it's right next to a cemetery. So you can't miss it. It's, it's, Gettysburg has so many documented, like so many photographs and video and all this amazing stuff. So like if you, if you just wanted to do a deep dive, you know, looking at ghost footage from Gettysburg, People have amazing pictures. Yeah. They have amazing videos. And, you know, um, for all the naysayers, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, but it's so consistent by such a wide group of people. It's not, you know, um, this one isolated video or one isolated event. People get them, you know, from all various variations of types of cameras and all variations of types of times of day. So, yeah, I, I think Gettysburg is probably one of the more, um, haunted locations uh, and great for for ghost hunters. Yes. Yeah, Get- Gettysburg is one of the places that we have on our Patreon uh, goals. Is sure. like if we I think if we hit like five hundred or a thousand or something uh, patrons, uh, we either go to Gettysburg, we go to uh, the uh, Paris, um, uh, the catacombs, the catacombs. The catacombs. Yeah. We go to or we go to Aoki Gohara, and it's the the pair junkies will de- decide. Become a pair junkie. Yeah. Become a pair junkie. Yeah. Become yeah. a pair junkie. And we want to go to Paris for the catacombs. Yeah. Yes. You know, the catacombs, not the flake right. flake croissants. Right. The catacombs. <laughs> not the wine and cheese. Uh, yes. Catacombs. All right, here we go. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This one comes from Crystal Smith. She sent in stuff before. You've got ghost mail. You've got ghost mail. You've got ghost mail. All righty. Hello, Madison, Chris, and JT. I'm a new pair junkie. Welcome to the Pair Junkie fam. Yay. And I want to start by saying how thankful I am to have found this podcast. The way Madison and Chris explain the paranormal feels so right and really resonates with my belief in experiences. Oh, wow, that's, that's awesome. What a compliment. I will be uh, curious to hear your perspective on my story. I will start by saying I was raised with the paranormal. My family has a long history of strange occurrences, and I was always encouraged to be in tune with my emotions and feelings. As a child, I would read any spooky material I could find. I grew up in a city with one of the largest bookstores in the world, and I lived in the occult section. <laughs> My father would indulge me with titles such as Develop Your Psychic Skill and The Handbook of Parapsychology. I really leaned into my sensitivities until I was in my early 20s. I can't pinpoint exactly when or why it happened, but around that time, I subconsciously put up some very heavy shields and I felt I lost most of my innate abilities. 
I think my environment was so toxic and volatile, I just shut that whole side of me down. However, about eight years ago, I had a family member go missing, uh, which is a pain that cannot be described. When you are searching for a missing person, you have to open yourself. Uh, you have to open yourself in almost every conceivable way. I believe that her loss stripped me of my shields and armor and left me raw and exposed. This is when things started happening. My family moved into our current home in 2010. It was a new home that was built on some old berry farms. So the house itself had no history prior to our family. I never had any weird feelings or experiences in that home until around the time my family member went missing. It started out with a slightly nervous feeling that I would uh, walk past when I would walk past my bedroom door. It felt like if you looked inside, someone would be there. At first, I thought it was just me, so I never mentioned this to anyone. But I started to notice my son would hesitate when walking past my door. I would see him stop and look inside, almost like he was waiting for someone to turn their back before darting into his room. My son is an incredibly old soul and very sensitive. I have no doubt he and I were both picking up on the same vibe. The closet in my bedroom is a small walk in uh, is a small walk in closet, and that space started to feel off as well. When the lights are off, somehow the darkness in that closet is just darker than it should be. Several times when I would be watching TV in bed, I would catch a glimpse of a patch of darkness that would appear and disappear. It did not have a definable shape. And when it would appear, I would get this prickly hot sensation, sort of similar to the flush you get if you've been seen doing something really embarrassing. One night I rolled over in bed and as I turned towards the wall, I started to see the torso of a figure appear right next to my face. I say it was a torso because what I saw was a cowboy style belt buckle starting to materialize. Although it did not feel sinister, I instinctively shut it down by chanting in my mind, you are not welcome and you need to leave. After a few moments, it faded and I, I eventually fell back asleep. The next thing that happened, I believe, was in a dream. However, it felt very real. In my dream, I awoke and saw a humanoid-shaped black mass at the foot of my bed. I crawled to the foot of my bed and started trying to chant once more, you are not welcome and you need to leave. But the more I tried to speak that chant, the more my words started coming out garbled in a voice that was not my own. I was face-to-face -face with this darkness trying to scream out this chant and I started to sound more and more inhuman. The fear of how I sounded is what... I think woke me from that dream because I do not remember the entity fading away. As the morning wore on, I became convinced that had really happened. When my husband came home, I tried to ask if he remembered any of it and ended up sobbing out my story. He had no recollection of it and was actually amused at how worked up I was over it. When I try to talk about these things with him, his response is usually something like, okay, Otho, so I've been uh, stop. So I've stopped bringing it up. After that event, nothing much happened for a couple years. My son and I still didn't like to walk past my bedroom. One time, when I was on the couch and my son was at our dining room table, we both watched a heavy metal bowl full of candy rotate slightly and move about an inch across the table. A few months ago, though. Uh, things started ramping up. The belt buckle and dark figure materializing near my bed, I could pass off as a dream. However, these next two events happened when I was m much awake and I'm not sure how to define them. Both times, I was laying on my stomach in bed watching videos on my phone. I had not been in there long and it was still fairly early, so I was not drifting off. I started to feel that sensation of someone standing next to me, staring down at me. My head was turned away from the door, so my first thought was it was my husband, which annoyed me because everyone in my house knows not to bug me when I am lying down. I stayed quiet because I thought if he, uh, if he thought I was asleep, maybe he'd leave. I started to feel a heaviness come down on me, and I am still thinking it's my husband, and I even... Uh, and I'm even more annoyed because in my mind, I'm thinking, take a hit, my guy. 
<laughs> As this heaviness increased, that hot prickly sensation started to wash over me, and at that point I knew it was not my husband. It felt similar to having someone drop a weighted blanket over your entire body, only the heaviness had no weight to it, if that makes any sense. I remember thinking to myself, call out for help. It was not sleep paralysis as I was still able to move and shift my body around. I knew if I wanted to call out, I could, I could have, but I didn't. My mind sort of went blank, almost like I was gone for a moment. After about 20 to 30 seconds, the feeling sort of slid away from me and I just lay there shaking. I had the sense that if I had done literally anything, I could have stopped what was happening. So I was confused why I hadn't. I still don't know. Essentially, this exact scenario played out one more time a week or so after the first encounter. I've almost had a few occurrences of feeling closely watched with a prickly hot feeling, but without the heaviness. I have not tried to divine, uh, to divine much into what this could be. I think because if I know, then I have to deal with it, LOL. However, something is evolving, and I am curious what this could be. Uh, what what all what this all could mean? I've cleansed my home and placed several protective charms around to help keep the negative energy at bay and help me transmute the residual negative energy into positive energy. But I still feel something in the background getting ready to bubble up again. I'm working on sculpting my barriers and shields. However, with my PTSD, I feel vulnerable and I sense it will take me years to get to a place where I can fully accept the energy I want to bandage and I reject. Um, hold on. Uh, I don't think I read that right. I am wor I'm working on sculpting my barriers and shields. However, with my PTSD, I feel vulnerable and I sense it will take me years to get to a place where I can fully accept the energy I want and banish the energy I reject. I've been practicing divination through oracle cards, tarot, rune, and pendulum readings. But this is very much centered around spiritual self-growth. And I always divine with my angels and spirit guides as positive protectors. I am always very clear with my intentions when I do any divination, so I do not feel like I've knowingly let anything in. Sorry for rambling on. I had more to get off my chest than I realized. Thank you guys for all you do. You've helped me start to come to terms with my paranormal reality. Stay spooky, y'all. Crystal. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's a lot going on, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't really take it as something that you could have possibly let in, necessarily. I definitely took it as more of um, maybe an entity of the land of some sort. Because I know you said that your family, uh, it was... There, there's no, like, history to the house or whatever because of it being originally, like, berry farms. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't something at some point on that land or, you know, somebody who worked that land. Yeah, I think the significance of you seeing a belt buckle. Right. Um, because that suggests, and it's weird, because what that gives me is it's the kind of thing that uh, a witness to a crime would probably note you know something identifiable but not concrete something that you're like oh this is coming to fruition because a belt buckle is not a physical attribute of a of a being it's it's uh, it's an accessory so that suggests that what you're dealing with is something someone very specific who happens to have dominion of space uh, a purpose for being where wherever it is uh, and that that brings about a whole different level of um, it's a head to head thing at that point. You know, you can uh, of course guard and 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 mirror and all these things, but without knowing that entity's motivations, abilities, or um, purpose, it's very hard to guard against it because they are situated in the place that they feel they belong, and it is almost impossible to pry a spirit away from where they believe they belong without some counter, without some knowledge of who they are, uh, some way to actually divine their direction away from you. 
Um, so you can protect yourself, absolutely, but that explains why there's this sensation of it being at bay. You know, um, I, I, we've talked about this before. Like, we've seen a lot of exorcisms where what's happening in the exorcism is you are basically threatening and creating a barrier for a spirit, but it's not getting rid of the spirit. The spirit is merely being on its best behavior because it doesn't know its limits or what can happen, but it believes you know, the priest, yeah. <laughs> you know, it believes your purpose, it believes you, but it will always be testing your, your wards and your practices and your, your protections. No. Um, yeah. It, it sounds like you have a very specific entity, uh, p- probably a person who, um, who must've been damaging in their existence, given the sensations you get from them. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would suggest trying to do, get an answer about who this might be, what they might be after, and what you can do specifically to engage this kind of entity and spirit. Um, also, kudos to your husband for an Otho res- reference uh, from Beetlejuice. I'm guessing is right. it's like oh well that's. That's 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 a that's yeah. a deep cut there, um, but um, yeah, uh, know that a lot of people cannot extend their um, their tolerance for the paranormal beyond what they can accept, and that's going to be a hardship, you know, uh, wherever you go or however you go. Um, uh, the idea too is that you went through a period of time when you were, where you had capped your sensitivity, where you had somehow blocked your, your, your sensibility, sensitivity. That doesn't mean that other entities weren't still gathering around you, mm-hmm. you know, just because you weren't noticing them, they very well could have been noticing you. And then when the blockage went away, you might've had this big surplus of energy around you, which gives entities like the one that you're experiencing, uh, food, you know, uh, the ability to bother you, uh, because you had basically, you've got full batteries right? <laughs> and, and that full battery charge is very, uh, uh, enticing and tempting to, to a spirit. So, um, so keep us posted. Absolutely. And, and, and keep the ghost mail coming in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It, it definitely concerned me, um, that you were saying that you were going through this very deep, in your life with your family member missing and all that and suddenly you know when you were made vulnerable this entity started right. exactly. poking through right. because that sounds like an entity that is almost preying mm-hmm. on your vulnerability um because i, I don't get a good vibe from it no, or, no. and whoever it was because it's I not do, a good story <laughs> right i i feel like it definitely was a person at one point but it's definitely leaning in that side of like losing its right humanity. yeah and we, we we've talked about that a lot is that you know the um the capacity for a human spirit to do great damage after death comes from that loss of of empathy sympathy um uh, it, it's only existing in a singular dimension and that dimension is want what does it want um and uh for good or for ill it can do damage right but uh thank you guys so much for sending in your ghost mail and if you have a ghost story that you would like to share with us you can send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com and also we are going to be doing q a's again so if you have a question you would like to ask us utilize that q a button on tiktok and that is where i'm going to be finding and pulling all the questions from so definitely submit it over there but with that being said my name is madison timmons i'm chris susie and stay spooky y'all